Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. I'm Shelly. And joining me today with all his new tack and equipment is Serge Boudreaux. Serge, boy, you looks like you spent a lot of money on some new tech there. You know, I love this stuff. Uh, <laughs> you I, do. I've bought so many monitors and work equipment that it seems like that I like working, which is, I do like working, but it's not my primary thing. So yeah, no, I've got a new microphone that looks like a penis as you've (laughs) described it, a circumcised penis. Sorry. Um, Yes. Yes. And a job well done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's around the same size. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Serge, you know what? I, I will say though, having having great tech is really fun. It is. It makes such a big difference. So well, exactly. Um, Talking about great tech, yes. uh, we have a special guest. Uh, so a person we know really well, and people in the Canadian recruitment community know very well. So I want to welcome Will. So Will, let me introduce you, Will, because this is first of all, I always screw up here. There's a lot I, to say. There's a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I always screw up your name. So Will Van Middentorp. Middentorp, right? Man, you got it right. That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm stressing. I should have asked you before we started to get that right. I've only known you for two years, so I should know this. But Exactly. So Will is the founder of Lucrative, which we'll go through. We'll go more in depth. He is the founder of Next International. He is the founder of 1010 Recruitment and is the founder and operator of Canadian Premier Recruiter Network Group uh, that hosts a lot of events here in in Canada and is a must attend. If you're not part of that group, you have to be in. It's so great to see many uh, recruitment communities across the world. And I say this is a premium one in Canada. So welcome, Will. Welcome back to Canada. Thank you so much. Holy, it, it does seem like I do a lot of shit, eh? Like, you, do. Damn, you do. Maybe I need to slow it down a little bit. I don't know. Don't. Well, don't start do you. about that. No? Okay. Plus, no. you have young kids. Like, how do you manage it all? I don't. I've got a lovely fiance who's doing an amazing job. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, there's a lot of titles and, and it all blends in together. That's the nice thing about my world right now. Like all these companies, they kind of blend in together. And when you do what you enjoy doing, it doesn't feel like work, right? So... That's why I, I assume that's why you guys do this podcast as well, because you must love it. Otherwise, you know, just because well, it's not for the money. Uh, I'll tell you that. Um, so yeah, it yeah. says we're passionate about the recruitment industry and, and similar. And that's how uh, we connected both being passionate about the recruitment industry, being in Calgary. Then I saw Will on another podcast. I'm like, how do I not know this dude? Uh, first of all, I agree with pretty much everyone, everything he says. And I'll tell you that's rare. Um, if Shelly will attest to that. Uh, but how long have you, like Shelly, you guys have known each other for a while as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Shelly is, I think, one of the first uh, clients I kind of connected with back in the day when I came to Canada. And I came here as like an immigrant from the Netherlands and started working with a the staffing agency that gave me um, the opportunity and see at that point worked at CNRL. So that's how we know each other yeah, long way back. 2005, 2006. Um, I arrived so, in 05. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so it would have so been, sh- yeah, going back a bit. Shelly, tell me yes. your first impression of Will. <laughs> um, Don't go there. Don't go there. No. So memorable, obviously, because, you know, we've kind of stayed connected throughout the years. Um, I was impressed with Will because I saw, uh, you know, that he, his approach was very, very different and what he was, what he was bringing and just how he presented himself. But I also seem to recall that you were a very, um, you were one of the first, um, shall we say, staffing agency people that, that really uh, started talking about um, diversity. Am I right? Were you not very early on? Am we, I remembering that correct? Yeah, like we, we did. Um, mm. I think that also had to do with the fact that I come from a background where, like as an immigrant myself, let's say it like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't look maybe, if you can put a visual on that. But coming to Canada, and I'll go a little bit back, it's funny because I thought I knew English and then I came to Canada. 
And then I worked with my colleagues and they started like having these full conversations. And I thought, I have no freaking clue what they're talking about. So even on the client side, I remember even meeting you and I'd have these meetings and get these questions and I'd be sitting there like, what do they mean? Because I had no clue. So talking about that, maybe that was related to it as well. It kind of well, opened the door you know, for me. Then I think you deserve an Oscar nomination <clears throat> for the best, <laughs> best actor because- wow. um, <laughs> Well, no, seriously, that, that was, you did not leave me with that impression that you were struggling to understand the language at all. And maybe it's because you were so good looking, I tolerate oh, it. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I got to come on this show more often. <laughs> I feel so good already, man. Well, I mean, it's, it's so much easier when, you know, even if, so English is a second language. I think my years of, of being in recruitment um, have given me a really well-trained ear um, to be able to listen to English as a second language. Um, it's just, it really comes naturally to me for me to be able to, you know, kind of, right. I guess, have a trained ear for it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt if, if it's a good looking guy that's sitting. Shelly, 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 Shelly. That's Stop. why you guys do these zoom calls to record it. So you can that's look at right. search all the time. There that's you go. Right. Exactly. Man. That's right. Stop, stop hitting on the guests, Shelly. Stop <laughs> hitting on the guests. So. Keep going, um, Shelly. It's all good. So we yeah. talked about how passionate we are about recruitment, and I think we're all in this call. But I, I'm curious. So obviously, you came to Canada in 2005. But can you tell me a little bit about your journey, how you got into recruitment, yeah. and uh, and then I'm assuming that was before Canada, and then Canada, you you basically grew from there. Tell me a little bit about your history there. Totally. So um, funny enough, like it's not a career that I chose when I was in, in school, right? No one so, did. No, exactly. Like everybody's kind of thrown into it. And for me, I just finished my marketing management degree back in the Netherlands. And uh, of course, at home, they're like, now you got to go find a job. And I'm like, sure, let's do this. So there was one international staffing firm that had a local branch in my hometown. And they were doing recruitment for KLM big airline operator. Yep. And I thought, I want to see something of the world. So let me step in there, find out how I can apply for a job with KLM. So I got in there and um, I found out later that I was actually too tall to apply for a job. Like, have you ever heard that? You're too tall to apply for a job because you might bump your head on the plane. Yeah. So that didn't work out. Kind of sucks Talk for me. discrimination, but, hey? Right? I'm like, shit, like, what is like, that? How do they get about? away with that? I don't know. I should sue them right Safety. now. Safety. Safety, I'm telling. No, like I'm stuck between the top and the bottom. So what could happen if there's like an airdrop? It's all good. So anyway, it yeah. didn't work out. I, um, but they said like, hey, we've got a summer job here at the agency. How do you feel about joining us? And I was like, um, okay. So I basically walked out there with a contract and I was going to start two weeks later. So joined them, worked with them over the summer and they're like, do you want to stay working with us, but go to a different branch? And I'm like, sure. So I went through the process. Somehow I passed the screening test. I'm still not sure how that happened, but got into the recruitment industry. And that was about 20 years ago. And I'm still doing it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. So when you moved to Canada, what uh, what made you decide to, was that the plan to stay in recruitment when you moved to Canada? Yes. Yeah, so the, the initial two years um, after that, I joined a headhunting firm, but it was a little bit different than how I'm used to it right now. At that time, I was told and taught to pretend like I was a different person every day in order to find out who were the good candidates in the market. So one day I would call as the assistant accountant trying to set up a newsletter. The next day I was a receptionist trying to get some information. So it was a lot of like betrayal actually in the way that we approached that. Um, well, that it was worked. slippery. It was really slippery. And yeah. you know what? There's a lot of agencies, unfortunately, and search firms that still do, do that. Come on. Uh, oh, it's like over the years, I've heard so much like wow. shit going on in our industry that I'm like, seriously, just be honest and at least know the words to use. So when when eventually I came to Canada, at that time, I worked with another international firm in the Netherlands. And I said, I'm going to Canada for one year. Uh, as a on a working holiday program, and I just want to work with the same organization. However, they were franchise here. So mm. I had to give up my job in the Netherlands. I came here and I said, even if I have to sweep their floors, I don't care. I just want to be employed by them. 
So walked in, they did hire me. I got a little bit more than just sweeping the floors and uh, progressed within the year I was there. That's when I met you, Shelly. And yeah. Um, yeah, became a team lead. And they actually got me my provincial nominee program to um, become a permanent resident of Canada, which helped me stay here for longer than that year. And um, yeah, then two years in, I actually got really sick. I got myocarditis, which is, um, it's a, um, a disease that uh, um, like attacks your heart muscle. So you, your heart muscle gets inflamed. Wow. So I spent a few days in the ICU and uh, got pretty much like my recovery took a few weeks. Um, and at that time I was like, hey, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna keep doing what I'm doing? And you know, I won't go into too many details, but I realized at that time that it would be better for me to just start my own thing. Yeah. And um, which I did. So 2007, wow. started Next International, um, yeah. did my own thing. Um, great, great time. I had learned a lot. And um, then, I just kept doing the things that I did and build my business, um, which I just celebrated 13 years, which is crazy. Um, 13 years. 13 years, yeah. It's like, it's crazy. That is. So I went back to the Netherlands in between a little bit as well, though. Mm -hmm. Worked again within a firm there. Came back in 2012, which I said I wouldn't do anymore. So somehow I did end up back here. And now, you know, uh, two kids later, um, playing happy family a few businesses <laughs> later engaged in the whole recruitment community it's amazing it's great being back tell so, me a, a little bit about the different oh sorry oh Shelley. yeah no uh, no i know what you're going to ask because i i'm i've been wondering too so you go ahead Serge. so the difference yeah. between 1010 recruitment and, and next, next level yeah. uh, what is like are you a different focus what are they yeah, so Next International was really focused on the permanent placement side of the business, where I would help companies find like the candidates for the longer term. Then in that, when I came back in 2012, I diversified and, and broadened my service offering more with recruitment training, um, taking more of a consultative approach to recruitment with uh, organizations, as well as doing some interim leadership for staffing agencies. And then in 2016, I was talking to some friends and we're like, okay, so you know me, I'm a loud mouth and I just, I want to disrupt the shit out of things. I don't like the status quo. So I'm like, come on, let's, what can we do? So we started talking and um, we came up with that thought that the recruitment is, it's, it's ripe for disruption. We need to do something else. So that's when actually 1010 recruitment started. And I'm sorry to say that that failed hard. We thought we could just get into a flat fee service four companies and just pay ten thousand dollars whether you're looking for a ceo or your admin or whatever we're going to do this we're going to rock this world yeah no it didn't so from there it was like okay well this is great we've set up a website we did the branding we did the marketing and everything and canada just isn't ripe for this hmm. but the beauty of it is that no matter how hard i failed something else came out of it and that was the social aspect of the recruitment um connections we know a lot of recruiters, both on the agency and the corporate side. Mm -hmm. So we're like, it's such a freaking competitive industry. People sometimes, I honestly, I feel I walk into a room where someone else from another agency is, and I feel I have to look over my shoulder to make sure they don't steal my business. Like, how stupid is that? Yeah. Right? So we started talking about that and we're like, we need to break down that barrier. Come on, let's grab a beer. Let's have a glass of wine. Let's get together and just socialize, like get to know each other on a personal level. And that's how this whole um, Canadian premier recruitment networking group started with two others. And we did these events, which was amazing. And from there, 1010 shifted gears from doing anything for anyone for a flat fee of $10,000 to we got a freaking recruitment community that we can help other people with. So why not keep doing these events, which through COVID, we went virtual mm -hmm. and we went across Canada. We went from Calgary to all over and now we're helping people and we're sharing knowledge and we're just focused on the recruitment to recruitment side for both agency and corporates. And best of it is I'm all about sharing knowledge. And sharing knowledge for me is power. Knowledge isn't power because that is just, you know, the truth you hold. But sharing knowledge, you learn. And by setting up these events and even your podcast, like you're sharing so much knowledge 
that is powerful because that's how you educate people, but that's how you get feedback and learn things yourself as well. Yeah. So that's, that's 10, 10 now. Well, the interesting thing, and I mean, Shelly have been talking about this quite a bit is with, and with other guests as well, with what's happened with COVID one of the things that a lot of people are realize is the, the recruitment community across the world has grown tremendously. And a lot of it has been driven from some people being unemployed and starting to network. And I always say there's, you should always be networking, but if you didn't, now is as good as time to, to start as well. So I think your group uh, has grown substantially since COVID. I, I don't know if that's what the numbers are saying, but the level engagement in your events and in your community or the community as part has grown quite a bit. Is, is that what you've seen? That's what I'm seeing from the outside. It's interesting. And I do believe, well, not do believe, I know you're right. Yes, we did. We have grown quite tremendously getting people together in a, in a social setting where they need to meet face to face. There's a lot of insecurities. Sadly enough, we're a very competitive industry where people have big egos, but yet when you put them across from each other, they're like, uh, no clue what they need to say. And when you put them in front of a screen, funny enough, people feel that they are part of that group, yet they don't need to expose themselves as much. So that was really the first step when we started all of that. And now I feel there's way more engagement. So people start to encourage others to be part of this and to start sharing and collaborating. And yeah, we've got over 700 members on the meetup group, which was like, we were like, holy shit, like what just <laughs> happened? And then I thought there's a lot of information sharing on LinkedIn, which is a very common platform, of course, in the, any professional industry. So we set up the, um, uh, the Canadian Recruiter Networking Group on LinkedIn, which is an exclusive group for just Canadian recruiters or talent acquisition professionals. Um, and the knowledge, like the, the people in there, I know they connect with each other. I'd love to see more collaboration and more sharing of knowledge, et cetera. But I even see when I get a role in that I think might be interesting for our industry and I post that in there, there's people that reach out and say, thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. When all I do is just hit share and send it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just great to see that we are getting towards that collaboration piece, which I think is critical. So, do you know, I think that being, uh, because I'm part of the group as well, and I think what, what I found most interesting is the willingness um, within your group for both corporate recruiters and agency, yeah. because um, I know there is always this fear, like as a, as a corporate recruiter, like I don't need another sales call. Like seriously, I don't. And I swear if I hear one more agency person tell me how they are doing things so innovative and so original, like, fuck, really? No, you're not. No, you're not. Like no. you're not. Well, other, there are some, I have to admit, because I know, I remember when you launched 1010 Recruitment and I'm like, fuck, that's smart, you know, like, and, and I know you threw a lot of money into marketing because I... I, I was getting a lot of your materials, but, um, you know, so I think you have a unique position, 700 members across Canada. Um, when you look at maybe just segment out the staffing industry for us, if you would, um, what do you, what do you kind of see changing? I mean, you've seen a lot change, but do you see now that you're getting more input from across Canada, do you see anything changing in the next, say, 12 to 18 months with how, how they go about conducting business? Yes. And that, for me, goes back a little bit to what I just said about personal uh, yep. personalities, right? Yes. And I think that a lot of, and maybe even further back than that, if you look at Canada in itself, um, as a recruitment industry within Canada, is there anything unique about that? I'd say no, there's nothing unique about recruitment in Canada. And the reason for that is that anybody can start a freaking agency yeah. and pretend like they know the world and they know everything. If you see how many people are sending you messages to say, I can help your business grow by so much, like daily. So looking at the agencies, my prediction is that, um, first of all, I think staffing will be more needed and more required over the coming 12 to 18 months, okay. temporary, because of COVID. Why do you think that is? Yeah, yeah, that tell is, us. And for me, that is because of COVID, because a lot of organizations have to scale down. 
And like, let's see, we have a second wave coming up with like uh, the virus oh, okay. where people are like, oh, like we need to scale down again because there's not as much demand for the things that we do offer. So depending on industry, of course, but I think more companies are going the safe route by saying, we'll do that instead of hiring people on permanently on our payroll, let's bring them in through a payroll service. Let's bring them in through like a staffing agency. So that's what I think is going to happen. But what is the bigger, biggest difference I find even over the last six, seven months mm -hmm. is that the big egos of some of the firms out there that thought that they owned the world have kind of toned down. They realize that, you know, if you expect people to be happy to work with your firm and they have to be there at 8 a.m. and they can't leave till after 5 p.m., instead of focusing on what they actually contribute to the success of your organization, that they might be more successful working from home rather than coming to your office where they have to travel for an hour, you need to stop that bullshit. You need to focus on who is going to really represent your brand and wants to do well with you, not just for you. So I think that is a big change in this whole um, time that we're living in right now. Well, you, you bring up a really good point, and, I, and I'm trying to figure out, because if you look at organizations, they're really struggling with that whole hours of work instead of focusing on outcomes. And, and the main reason for that is there's not a lot of metrics or anything that they can actually measure outcomes. But staffing is like exactly, like especially the big players, their metrics are up the yin-yang as far as yeah. what the KPIs for individual recruiters. So if you think about an industry that is set up to be working from home, especially in this day and age of like Zoom and video calling and those things, it's staffing. Yeah. But they, it's just surprising they have not adapted to that already. But are you seeing they're adapting to that new reality? Because yeah. in reality, hiring be. virtually. Yeah. I, I see it. Um, <laughs> They want to control, like what I just said about exactly. these big egos, right? And it says more about the hiring leaders and those organizations than about how they value their own service, how they value their own brand, how they value their employees. If you look at how many people ha have been laid off because a lot of staffing firms lost business, right? Yeah. And they let go of a lot of people, senior people, and now they're getting back to hiring again. And when I see those jobs, I'm like, wow, these staffing firms are hiring like crazy, good for you. And then I go into the conversations and then I learn that we cannot discriminate on age. We cannot discriminate on experience. But the people that are getting hired oftentimes are less experienced than the ones they let go before. So mm. I then wonder, how much do you value the people that have worked with you for a couple of years that have brought in business for you, that know your clientele, that know the service that you provide and your processes, and yet you don't hire them back, but you bring someone else in who's more junior. So when I put one-on-one -on -one together, I'm like, it's about control. It's about getting someone on your side who now doesn't need to adapt from an old version to the new version working from home, but you can put them in a role right away at home and tell them this and this and this is what I expect. And you don't ever have to fight how it was before. Maybe I'm a bit more radical in that sense, but I just find that we don't always appreciate the things that we had before and we just go for the next thing that we think is best for us. Mm. So yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Well, I, I think we're on the same page. I think it's, it's a challenge seeing in the, in the industry and we're seeing a lot of very good recruiters being <clears throat> laid off uh, and unfortunately coming into a market that is not as robust. So unfortunately I've always said it, it's recruiters are the canary in the coal mine. Um, so it, it's, it's true. Usually recruiters are first to get laid off, but they're also usually the first to get hired back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, are you seeing that? Are you like overall, I'm starting to see a trend of, uh, and I've been working with or not working with, but assisting uh, some recruiters to try to line them up for jobs with people I know. But are you seeing that trend that recruiters right now, it's getting better for them? I definitely see more opportunities for recruiters arise, but it goes back to what I said before. If you look at the people that a lot of organizations are looking at right now, as far as experience, as far as what their background is, et cetera, it's often more less experienced individuals that are getting the opportunity because A, it costs less, 
B, you can mold them a little bit more. That's what I feel like. And mm -hmm. um, the more senior recruiters have, have a harder time struggling finding the right opportunity for them. Yeah. You know, I wonder, Will, I, I, I'm not surprised at all by what you're saying, because uh, it is, it's all about the bottom line, right? And I spent yeah. 11 years in the staffing world too, and it's all about margin, right? Yeah. Um, and so I know, you know, when you look at who they hire back, yes, it's, it, they have to, they have to bring back less experienced people. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the more seasoned recruiters, you know, and like Serge said, like I've, both of us are really... I think all three of us are really, we're doing this because we love the talent acquisition industry and we truly want to share our knowledge and we want to help people. Yes. What yeah. I found though, is I did interview or kind of have coffee meetings with a few recruiters here since, um, since say April till now. And um, there are some recruiters that I think are being a little unrealistic yeah. um, about what they're you know, what are their prospects? And, and, you know, I would say it's true, not just of recruiters or talent acquisition professionals. I'd say the same thing about mid-career engineers or accountants, right? You need to be realistic. I mean, every single company has been hit. And so if you're, and I'm not saying that, that you should reduce your compensation expectations, but I think you need to innovate. You know, like you really need to innovate. Like people just sit back and, well, you know, I'll just wait for jobs to show up on Indeed. Yeah. Right? Like, exactly. Yeah. So, well, yeah. so and, and, then, and then you'll apply, right? And yes, you may be that mid-career person. Um, but the fact is, like, unless you're doing something really innovative, how are you going to get noticed? Like if, you're, if, if all you do is apply through, through Indeed, Right and you're one yeah. of 300, you like those odds, really. You think, you think you're, you, you're going to get the interview and the offer when you're one of 300? You know, so, you well, know. I, I think you got a point there, Shelly. Going back to what you just said, like there's a lot of people that have unrealistic expectations. And Especially on the corporate side, I've noticed. Yes, I, w I would say that too. Because I think coming from agency our, ourselves, all three of us, right, um, you had to innovate. You had to be creative. You had to be forward thinking in terms of, um, you know, how your approach, the industries, that sort of thing. So I think it's kind of built in to agency recruiters. Then corporate recruiters have this, I don't know, so well, move my cheese. They still well, think it's coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the salary expectations I've seen is on the corporate side because we're in a market here in Calgary where wages have been basically escalated because of a particular industry that is not realistic for especially for those people trying to get out of that industry. Um, if you're going from, say, I don't know, oil and gas recruitment to tech, tech is a lot more complex and a lot harder than hiring a lot of these roles and I'm not saying there is some in oil and gas, but it's a lot harder, but the salaries are lower because the expectation and the inflation, if you're coming at the same salary in tech that you did in oil and gas, you are top of the class type yeah. recruiter. You're not an average recruiter, but I have, you, have you seen that? Like, does it make sense what we're saying here? Ab absolutely. But I'd like to even draw that line to the agency world as well, because again, Getting into the industry in Canada in general is, it's not hard when there's booming business, when people need uh, candidates. Right yeah. now, there's a lot of very qualified, unemployed candidates out there. So what you have to do is you don't just have to search them anymore or source them anymore. You need to be able to qualify them. So that takes a different trade for the recruiter to really focus on. And a lot of recruiters have been sitting back before where they just posted a job and got it in. Let's, let's be honest. I think, honestly, half of the recruiters out there in Calgary, I don't even know how many are out there, they don't even know how to source. They don't. They think that posting a job. 90, I well, it's here. Yeah. I, I just I want to be very kind to like half of the industry peers that I do have, so they still like me a little bit. But yeah, that's it. They don't know. Because they were working with an organization with a brand. So you put the brand out there and people apply. 
we still have that, but we're being inundated with a lot of applications right now. Mm-hmm. So turn that back to your own job search. Do that. Change that. Like you say, Shelly, you see a job and you're going to be one of the 300 recruiters right now applying. When on earth did you think it was okay for a recruiter who needs to be a very competitive, innovative, proactive person to find the right talent? When did you think it was okay to just sit back and say, apply with my LinkedIn profile? Like, what do you represent to an organization, whether that is staffing agency or corporate, to think you're going to be the best person to help me find the right talent? Because you just, you can click on a button that says apply here. How about change that and say, what is my network like? And I keep sending these messages out over the last few days. And I say, your network is bigger than you think. Mm -hmm. But do you actually believe that? And do you understand what that means? Do you ever ask the people that you connect with and say, hey, you didn't hire me, by the way, or I heard, you know, you just hired someone for that role. Next time you see something that you think is good for me, can you keep me in mind? Or can you refer me to so-and-so? Recruiters are kind of cocky. We're like, we'll do it ourselves because we know how to do this. And I always say that's the same thing why they don't come to the social events. Not that you have to be there because it means more food for me and drinks. (laughs) But it's like, just get out there, network, you know, yeah. engage with industry peers because they will be able to help you. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. And, and honestly, the people that I've been able to help connect with roles lately, they all came from this community. Uh, they, it's, yep. it's all people I connected at these events or, yeah. and you know what, I might be in that position one day. So having that network is critical. So let's segue into, uh, I think it's a perfect segue into yeah. lucrative. Um, so how, how about we start this way? What is lucrative? Tell us a little bit what it's supposed to be, a little bit what the history is and what you're trying to achieve with it. Okay, and, and thank you for that. So it's definitely a nice segue into that. Um, lucrative is a platform, is a referral platform, very simply said. However, it is a referral platform for corporate recruitment professionals to share jobs and exchange referrals. So I I just said, like, network is so critical. In a recruitment job, when you're on the corporate side, you have one job search. And, like, you're there, search. When you've got a job, uh, when you've got a specific job that you're recruiting for, how many candidates do you interview on average? Seven. Seven. There you go. Seven, yep. Six, seven. And oftentimes, you've got, like, one person being hired, unless you've got more roles, right? Yep. So what happens with Six. Six, I regrets. What do we do yeah. with that? Uh, can I call you if this doesn't work out? <laughs> right. And what do you do right. after that? <laughs> they you dump them in your ATS. Yeah. No, they, they go into um, dinosaur yeah. land. They're petrified. Right. The, the black hole, right? It's like, black hey, hole. we'll put yeah. you in our ATS and we'll give you a call when we got something. Don't call us. We'll call you. Right? That's kind of where how it goes. Now you've got a next search. Nine months later, what do you do? You post the job again. Thank you. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what corporate recruitment does. We post a job again and we start all over. Now, how many corporate recruiters do we have in Calgary alone? I I don't know if we've ever taken tally, but I would say it's in the thousands. Absolutely. And that, like, I don't, I should actually look at that myself. I come up with some great questions talking to you guys. Shit, like I'm putting myself to more work. What the hell? Anyway, so... Thousands of recruiters, and we all do the same thing. We all do the same trick. And then 90% of the times, we use LinkedIn because LinkedIn is such a great platform where a lot of professionals are on. I agree. If you're looking at tech, there's other platforms where you can get like people from, right? But in general, people are on LinkedIn. So we all do the same thing. We post our jobs again. We wait for people to apply. Yeah, we do a little bit of sourcing the way we think sourcing does work. Um, and then we go through the whole same process. And then we interview six or seven again, and we hire one, and we, the rest we dump in our ATS. Now, all that time that you spend on interviewing these candidates is going to shit. It's just waste. You just wasted a lot of time interviewing these people because you're not doing anything with that. So lucrative is that concept where we really promote collaboration. We are focused on if you've got a job, And instead of posting that job online and waiting for people to apply, et cetera, you reach out to your industry peers. You say, search, you are looking for senior Java developers. So instead of doing this whole search by yourself, 
you post it on the lucrative platform and other people that are part of the lucrative community, which by the way, is free for corporate recruiters, they can see your job. They might've just hired somebody for their own Java developer role and they have their runner up candidate. And let's say they're silver and bronze medalist candidates. And we're not gonna hire them because they might not be a culture ad for our organization, but they might be great for someone else. So mm. what you can do on Lucrative is, it's a few simple steps. You just refer that candidate. Now, GDPR compliance, knowing that a candidate needs to give their permission, yeah. you basically, the candidate gets an, info, uh, gets an email and says, you've been referred for this position, just the title. Do you accept or decline? If they decline, they're out of the system. If they accept, the person who posted the job will get a notification. And then you've got the option to say, I like this candidate. Yes, I want to meet them. You interview them through your own process, you hire them or you decline them. Very straightforward. Now, here's the great thing about Lucrative. Why would you want to use this? Because that's more work on your plate. Mm -hmm. So first of all, by receiving qualified referrals from industry peers through collaboration, you save a lot of time not having to go through the whole process again of posting the job, qualifying, et cetera. That's one. You can still do that. But two, if you hire a successful referral, there's a small fee attached to the successful hiring. Now of that fee, a portion will be given as an incentive to the referring recruiter. So a corporate recruiter can actually make a bonus on top of their annual salary, that's one. Two, another portion of that fee will be given or rewarded to the organization that referring recruiter works for. So what happens is you can make your recruitment function more profitable and offset some of your recruitment cost. Maybe you can even pay for your recruiter license for one of your recruiters on LinkedIn. But we also offer the option to donate to a charitable organization on their behalf. So you get a tax write-off. And you can also bank it for an next search. So there is an incentive involved in collaborating. And it's not just, I'm going to give you freebies. But mm. we've learned over time that oftentimes we ask for, hey, who do you know? And we just keep giving things, but getting something back sometimes is hard. So that's what Lucrative is trying to process and streamline and say, collaborate. Stop like paying so much money to do things over and over and over again, but like just don't work harder, work smarter. That's Lucrative. So what's the, you know, I, I totally get it. So thank you for sharing that with us. What is, what's one of the challenges that you're facing? Like, mm. where's? Challenges? Come on, Shelly, you know me. I never run into challenges. <laughs> what the F? Um... Well, no, I can think of one and I'm just, it's a guess on my part. So, yeah. you know, share with us. What is the, what's the challenge that you're facing? Well, Shelly, how about you share what you think the challenge is? I'm curious. Well, okay. So because I worked in corporate recruiting, here's my first challenge. Yeah. Um, my company, let's say yeah. company XYZ, um, they see my, like, I know who my talent competitors are. I know, uh, like, and if you don't know, you've got no business leading a talent acquisition function. You need to know who your talent competitors are. And so to collaborate with them, um, you know, to me, I would see legal having a real problem with that. I really In would. what sense? In what sense? So um, collusion, um, to be accused of, um, you know, there's a reason that there's competition in the market. Um, and so if this company is my talent competitor, they're also usually a competitor for market share. And legal is going to be like, what are you crazy? And we're going to accept money? Like, how is that not inferred as collusion? that somehow you're colluding with our competitors. Do you know? So it's, it's an interesting point that you're bringing extreme, up. But no, I, I did work for a company <laughs> that was run by lawyers. And let me tell you, they, they would push, shut that down so fast. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, because there, there's so much fear around. Um, okay, so let's go back to the source. Like, Say we end up hiring someone and their original source came from uh, a competitor. Well, I hate to be suspicious, but lawyers are, right? Like, how do we know that wasn't a plant? 
How do we know? So, so right? I, I yeah, Sorry, I'll, but I, <laughs> you can I, go really far with that, and and I appreciate. Yeah. I know. I appreciate have you never the question. worked with a group of lawyers that have a suspicious? That is what we pay them for. They look uh, at the world a whole different way than we. Yeah, do. but I think there's an extreme there. I think you're like QA known um, <laughs> conspiracy theory in that sense. Uh, but I, 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 I was looking at the. I I'm agree with some TV of your show, points. The Good Fight. The Good Fight. Have you seen the TV show? The Netflix show? Or no, Netflix I haven't. Yet. Whatever. Oh, no. I'll take like, that down. I, I love it. The Good Fight. Like, it just, I just love the, the whole thing, right? It's kind of like Suits, though. But the, the biggest thing, I, w- I will answer that. And, and I appreciate you bringing this up, Shelley. Absolutely. Um, first of all, so planting somebody internally, that won't happen through lucrative. So the, the very basic step is you post a job on there. You can choose whether it's a private job or a public job. If it's a public job, your logo of your company and your name will show up. If it's a private job, only the job description shows up. Nobody knows it's your company. Nobody knows um, who it's with. So any of the other users on the lucrative community can see the job. It's not just focused on industry, it's cross industry. So let's say you're with a law firm and you're looking for an underwriter or whatever. You post a job, you don't have to post your company on there. Anybody who has just gone through referring or hiring a candidate for a similar job or thinks they've got someone they've interviewed before can refer to your role. What happens there, again, the candidate decides whether they want to be referred or not. I did a research. 90% of candidates said without a doubt they'd like to be referred by the recruiter who interviewed them but didn't hire them because they probably know more about their search journey than they will be able to do themselves. So that's one. Two, once they are being referred, the searcher, the one who posted a job, will be able to see a few details of the candidate and from there decide whether they want to include them in their process or not. They will never know who referred them because that's all been shielded off. So they don't see which company has, which recruiter has referred them even. And you still take them through your whole own recruitment process. And in the end, you decide whether you hire them or not. So all the legal implications have already been uh, put aside where the candidate is just another job seeker. The only thing you do is you collaborate. Now, I wrote an, an, an article a while ago about collaborative, collaborative uh, competition or competitive collaboration. And this is one of the things that you asked me about the challenges that I face within launching this is exactly that. Recruiters somehow are very stuck on doing their thing and they think they know best. So when I, in the beginning of this conversation we're having, shared with you that sharing knowledge is power, that's the biggest challenge that I face. There's a lot of recruiters that feel their ego is so big that they're like, well, why would I want to collaborate? Because I've done all the work. I'm like, okay, so what you give is what you get. If you're willing to share and collaborate and help other people get better, you will gain from that as well. So that's my biggest challenge still. Mm. Mm. Well, I I want to bring a perspective. Um, So, and to me, for recruiters, because the great majority of candidates, actually, after they apply, I think you you said it perfectly, it, it goes into ATS land of never, ever to ever look again. But I am trying to encourage the industry for not to be the case. Like, you should always look at your internal candidates that have applied in the past, already know your brand, already have some type of knowing who you are. And keeping those candidates engaged to me is so critical, um, especially those silver and bronze medalists for different roles because you might want to hire them in the future. Yeah. But in reality, that doesn't happen. So where I see the value in lucrative is giving value to the candidates in some ways. So if they applied for you, you ended up referring them and they got hired somewhere else, the candidate's going to have a really good impression of, of lucrative and they're going to have a really, sorry, a really good impression of the company that they initially applied to. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of value. I, I think I love the concept. I think it's brilliant. It's a hard sell because the recruitment industry is um, like you said, everyone is very like holders and they're, cards close to their chest and that's that's yeah. a challenge for me the one thing that i i see potentially as a challenge and i'm curious if you've come across it is 
for a company to pay another company for that referral unless they're doing the donation. Because I know, like I've worked in large corporations, <laughs> account receivable and account payable department is like, they'd it's have so a, fucked. They'd like, have a oh. shit fit. They would. They're like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Like how, <laughs> so, have you come across that? Like what's your thoughts around that? It's, it's, so this is the funny thing because I've had that question before. And for, first of all, going back, I think you really touched on another um, specific detail of the recruitive platform that's critical. Everybody talks about candidate experience. There's no recruiter that never talks about candidate experience. So if you can understand what your brand can do in regards to those that you decline, but you can say, hey, sorry, Mr. A or Mrs. A, you're being declined for this role. However, how would you feel if I refer you for another job opportunity? What do you think that does for the candidate experience and your employer branding? Yep. Right? So those two things are, are very critical. But in regards to that fee, and this is the, the beauty of it, you don't pay anybody else but lucrative. So who am I? Who is my platform? Uh, I'm that third-party service provider. I'm that third-party service provider that you normally pay 15, 20, 25, 30, 35% of an annual base salary or even a total compensation package. Mm -hmm. You pay me. I pay someone else. So that's lucrative. And okay, so you I'm have to a, set up as the vendor. I do all of that. Okay. So the referring recruiter, it all runs through the lucrative platform. Your right. company <laughs> does not pay any other recruiter. We pay incentives for having other people referring re, uh, candidates. And that's the monetization piece of it. But if I get recruiters only on a platform that are looking at that monetization piece, I always say, like, this goes both ways. If you don't have an ask and you only want to give, like, it might not work as well, you know? Yeah. Use your critical roles or your hard-to-fill roles. Put them on there as well. It's free of charge. It doesn't cost you anything. If you hire someone, yes, you'll pay a small fee. If you don't hire someone, fine as well, right? But it's like that. It's give and take, both sides. So there's no legal implication of you paying someone else at another firm a fee because that comes from lucrative. No, interesting. So, I, I do... That makes a lot more sense to me. Okay. So even then, if I work for, let's say I work for the city of Calgary yeah. and I um, just recruited a whole bunch of Java developers and now I know Surge needs, like I see this posting on Lucrative and I ask candidates, you know, can I refer you? And the person I referred gets hired. Yeah. How, so tell me how I as the recruiter get paid. I work at the city of Calgary. I use yes. city of Calgary time, resources, and brand to find yeah. this person. Yeah. And I've been paid already because I'm on a salary. I am a yes. corporate recruiter. Um, I've been paid already. So the only money that changes hands then is lucrative giving the referral fee to the city of Calgary. So I have to go back to the sign up stage first. So as a corporate recruiter, you can only sign up with your company email address. That's one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the consent needs to come from your company that you can use the platform. So if you work with the city of Calgary, I will have to disappoint you right now because the city of Calgary most likely will not want to go through this because they have their whole formal RFP process, et cetera, for third-party service providers. So to use the platform probably is not going to be for the city of Calgary recruiters. Well, I just was and, pulling that and, out and no, of my, I, my left ear. Just but it's a, good, it's a good right? question because we, recruiter. Right, we as recruiters have integrity at the top of our list. That's why we okay. say your company needs to agree of you using our platform. Because I would never want any recruiter to just start stealing stuff from the database and thinking I can make 10 placements and make $10,000, right? So the payment is like this. When you use your company's time to refer a candidate, first of all, your company knows about this. Yeah. The payment to you individually will come through your company. So there will be a check made out to that specific recruiter, which will be given through the company. So then if a company says, we do not accept money from third parties as a recruiter to uh, take an extra bonus on top of their salary, and also donate it on that recruiter's behalf to a charitable organization, which means they can have a tax write-off, which mm. is given back to community. So we give that to the individual recruiter as well. Or the company can say, no, we don't do that. We also don't pay out the recruiter directly, but we can put it in our team 
or in our division to use it as a pool for our recruitment function. So those are things that need to be discussed individually per organization and per individual, but we never send a check directly to a recruiter's home address. Perfect. Uh, so thank you for clarifying. And I think it's really cool. And I think it's good to have this conversation and really, because we all know with any startups, there's challenges and there's things you need oh, yeah. to overcome. And uh, I think you're doing a really good job at that. And it's so good to see recruitment technology coming out of the Canadian market, the Calgary market. So uh, kudos to you on that end. So how about, we've been talking a long time. I could talk to you all. Oh, like, I was all just thinking well. that we need episode two here. Yeah, we might need to uh, other questions for you. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. I love it. Yeah. So, first of all, when is the next uh, recruitment um, event? Good one. Good. Good question. Actually, so I'm I'm trying to launch the last four four uh, episodes or episodes or webinars, virtual online meetings uh, for the year, and um, the theme will be how to become a recruitment influencer, where we want to take four steps into understanding who you are as a recruiter. The second one will be more focused on what it's, um, why you do what you do in your role. The third one is more to, you know, how to truly become a consultant. And the fourth one is more an interactive session where we can work together in, in regards to understanding uh, what we can do to change the recruitment landscape in our position. Um, the idea is to have the first one at the end of October and then go to mid-December. So that's going to be four following up, but it is that four series that I want to get together for about an hour as soon as possible. And where can they register? So I'm going to send it on the LinkedIn uh, group. Um, I will also send it to previous registrants of uh, the webinars, and there will be text messages going out as well. I just need to finalize the speaker for the first event so I can just get going, and then we'll just um, get it out there. Cool. So if anyone is trying to get a hold of you, where can they find you? My God, like look me up online. There's only one Will Van Middendorp out there, but you can email me (laughs) at will at nextinternational.ca, will at 1010recruit.com or will at lucrative.com as well. Okay. Awesome. So we know where to find you for sure. So thank you so much, Will. Um, It's, it's been a blast, like honest to God, this is uh, this has really been fun and, and just so easy, right? Like just, just oh, absolutely. free recruiters yakking. So right? uh, I want to reserve the right to invite you back for, um, for future episodes. So are you game? I love that. I love that. Okay. This was amazing. This is just like, you know, when you talk about passion, time flies by and I'm like, it holy does. shit. I hope that the people that are listening to this are going to be as excited as we are. So uh, no, it's great. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much for this. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thanks so Thanks much. So- do you love news about linkedin indeed google and just about every other recruitment tech company out there hell yeah i'm chad i'm cheese we're the chad and cheese podcast all the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show dripping in snark and attitude subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts we out